Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Travis, back with another episode of the Rep by Rep Strength Podcast. So, uh, first and foremost, before we get into uh, today's topic, just want to make sure that I take care of some housekeeping uh, notes here. So, if you are not on uh, my email newsletter, I would highly recommend you go and sign up for that. It's a little newsletter that comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and has some tips and information about uh, training, nutrition, recovery, and um, mindset. So you can do that at travisbarrett.com backslash email. Secondly, um, I've got my private online community up and rolling, so you can go and check that out. See if it's of interest to you at travisbarrett.com backslash strength circle. So what that is, is a private online community that will have new training programs dropped each month, office hours hosted weekly, where I will do live Q&A, and then you know I will record those Q&As and post them if you can't make the times. But um, anyway, it'll be that. And then you can also, there will be a section in the community where you can post uh, videos of your uh, lifts and get some critiques and feedback that way. So um, be sure to check that out, see if it's something you're interested in. That way you can start getting some direction and some clarity with your training as opposed to just hopping around program to program. And this is a much, much more uh, economical option, option compared to, um, you know, the, the one-on-one coaching. Uh, basically, the way training works, the way personal training works is that if you're in person, that's the most expensive option, like specifically one-on-one. Then from there, you'll move to a hybrid option with the most economical being uh, remote and then an even more economical version from there would be um, basically a remote, fully remote, um, community-based uh, program such as a strength circle. So, anyway, now that we got that out of the way, we'll get into uh, today's topic. So, I don't, you know, I do these, I do these podcasts mainly when I'm out walking my dogs or, uh, you know, as I'm driving down the road. So. Um, just things I think about, and, uh, you know, they're not always perfect, they're not always structured, but that's kind of the point, is getting the reps in, so to speak, because um, I think there are some some nuggets that'll, that'll come out, that some things that you can find useful. So, uh, anyway, today I just got done um, having lunch with a friend of mine, and then, uh, you know, I had to stop at the store, uh, stop at the grocery store, so... Uh, just some things that we were discussing during lunch and then some things I I was looking at when I was in the grocery. So here we go. Um, my buddy and I were talking during lunch about testosterone levels, you know, and, and what happens. I'm sure we've all heard the rumors out there about, you know, after 30, your testosterone drops one percentage point per year until you die or whatever. Maybe. Maybe not, you know, and why are testosterone levels different now 
versus 70 years ago. So there's a lot to unpack there, and I can't do it justice with each point, but I can touch on the, the major, major things I see that are affecting testosterone levels. So let's look at what was going on, you know, 70 years ago. You, you, you had men that were getting outside and doing a lot of uh, physical labor type work. They didn't have the internet, mobile phones. They didn't have to worry about screen time. They were eating uh, foods that were minimally processed. And, you know, they were basically consuming um, things that legitimately that are, are the physical structures for testosterone. Specifically, they were eating foods that had a little bit higher saturated fat, a little bit higher cholesterol content, but they were physically active all day. They didn't just sit there. And within that, uh, within that spot specifically, we can look at, okay, with the way that uh, mass farming affects us now, we can start start looking at okay the soils never had a chance to uh, rest or they don't rotate fields the way they did back then so you can look at okay well if the land's not resting what's happening to the soil year to year you know is it going to have more or less uh, minerals in it and then you know what's going to happen to the nutrition of the food that is produced from that depleted soil. So that's one aspect we can look at. Um, the other thing, obviously, with mass farming, we can see, hey, these companies want to make money, so they want to figure out how do we keep things on shelves longer. And they're not necessarily interested in what's the best uh, for the consumer. Their bottom line, they're interested in making money. So they're going to process and... Um, put things in foods so that they can sit on shelves longer. Within that, we can look at, you know, what are our foods um, stored in and how is that going to affect our endocrine system? So, for example, if foods are stored in plastics, we know there's a host of chemicals that are in plastics that have a negative impact on human health and will negatively affect and disrupt our endocrine systems. We know that. So, again, going back 70 years or whatever, glass was the predominant thing if they were storing food at all. You know, they might have, they were probably more likely to um, cook for the day, cook for that individual meal and have minimal leftovers most likely um, because simply the, the food wouldn't stay as fresh for as long. So, um, that certainly has um, a major impact on the endocrine system, ultimately an impact on stress, cancers, heart disease, things of that nature. So we can look at that uh, from the physical activity standpoint. You know, people, people today will often make the excuse, and it drives me absolutely crazy, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to train blah, 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 blah. And all it is, is 
it's an excuse that other people have seen and they use it and frankly it's a social construct it's socially acceptable to excuse that type of behavior and that's a underlying social construct that you know if you call somebody out on that you say hey that's really not true you know you you have 20 minutes you have 30 minutes to train for your own health so you don't die if you do that people get all upset and even if you let them know hey man like i've got the best best interest um I care about you. I've, I've got your best interests here. Um, I want to make sure that you are, you know, not just here next year, but years from now. So, again, staying focused on, you know, making time to train because of our our jobs, careers, occupations, whatever you want to call it, is now less physical than it's ever been and it's more um, it's moved to a more climate controlled setting so to speak so if you look at that that physical activity if you're not planning it in your day you know back then they didn't have a choice physical activity was a way of life well now we have to make sure that we are planning our exercise because of the fact that we don't have physical activity in our day to day um, so these guys were effectively exercising eight hours a day if they were working outside as a laborer or firefighter or whatever. Um, you know, my grandpa worked construction for a long time. He was a firefighter. Um, lived to be, I don't know, 94, 95 years old. And it wasn't exclusively due to the physical activity, but I am positive that it sure as hell helped. So, um, we can look at those things. The other thing is, you know, we're obviously more connected now than ever. So how does that affect us? Is that good? Is it bad? Is it a, you know, net zero? It's a little bit of everything, really. Especially if it's, I think it tends to be more negative if it's out of control and not regulated. So, for example, if I never shut off my phone, if I never um, take time away from the TV or the the screens or whatever, that blue light has a negative impact on our health. So, um, we need to make sure that we plan time to schedule, okay, I'm going to be around screens for the next two hours. I don't have a choice. I'm going to plan a 30-minute break within those two hours or whatever. Uh, Myself, personally, I use some blue light filter glasses on a daily basis. I have a blue light filter on my phone, on my computer, basically everything that I use. And that's not to say that blue light is the only thing that we should be protecting ourselves from or filtering out, but um, it's the predominant one that is getting a lot of attention right now. So um, again, trying to operate within cycles. Uh, The body really likes rhythm. Um, Having a predictable uh, schedule will help a lot, especially when it comes to uh, endocrine hormone production. So for example, if I turn off my phone at eight o'clock and I turn off the TV, all electronics, eight o'clock everything goes off, 
and I'm going to start with, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene just means what routine do you have established um, every day, no matter what, no matter where you are, to set yourself up for a good night's rest. You know, so some other things to start playing with, to start looking into, um, you know, how, how is your sleep? Are you sleeping in a dark room, in a cold room? Um, are you, do you have a TV in your bedroom? Probably not the best idea. Are you falling asleep random spots throughout your house? Okay, that's not a rhythm, a consistent rhythm. Those are things to look at as well. So those would be the, the main things I look at is, you know, what's happening to our food, what's happening to the physical activity, um, you know, then what's our sleep look like. Um, next point would be from a stress standpoint. How do we manage stress? What do we do about that? So there's a lot of ideas here, a lot of things you can play around with and see what works best for you. And that is ultimately, you know, what I, what I preach to, to people that I work with is none of this stuff. Rather, we're talking about training, recovery, nutrition, mindset. None of it is absolute. We're going to have to uh, tinker, adjust, play around with a lot of different things before we can really feel out what works best for you. Because you're going to have, you know, great responders to a certain app, to a certain. Um, uh, you're going to have great responders to a, a certain type of stress. So, for example, if I say, "Hey, I'm going to give you three sets of five at 70% for back squat. Some people will respond great and put on a lot of muscle, a lot of strength. They won't be, I won't have to worry about overtraining or anything like that. And they're gonna be a positive responder. Other people, that same prescription, for a variety of reasons that I'm not gonna get into right now, but that same prescription going to a different individual, that could be way, way too much and they could be wrecked for the next four or five days. It could disrupt sleep, um, could stress them out too much. There's, there's a host of issues that could go on. So that is why whenever you introduce something, I would recommend keeping a journal and just making a quick note. Okay, today is July 20 whatever and I'm going to um, wake up. I wake up at 5.30 a.m., how do, how do I feel? How's my mood? What's my resting heart rate? Am I stressed, not stressed? How's my motivation about training today? Am I excited? Am I like, ah, fuck it, I don't want to do any of this stuff? How's all that going? And then what did I change? What variable did I modify or adjust? And it's not enough just to take one day's worth of data. This is do this chronically and then manipulate one variable, potentially two variables, and see how that impacts not just your mood, but is that moving you towards or away from your goals, whatever those are. So um, anyway, from a, from a stress standpoint, here's, here's a couple ideas here. You can journal. You can have some a small group of, of friends that you talk to that you kind of just brain dump. Hey, here's what's... Here's what I'm worried about. 
you know, I do want solutions. I don't want solutions. I just need to vent. What do you want from that group? Um, you know, so having, having some sort of system in place to manage your stress, do you do some type of special breathing exercises? That's highly underrated. It's thankfully getting more attention now, but, um, you know, do you look up Wim Hof style breathing? Do you breathe nasally or are you a mouth breather? Do you shrug up when you breathe or are you taking deep diaphragmatic breaths and just letting go? All of that stuff makes a difference and will affect uh, hormone levels. So um, those are just a couple things to think about um, when you're considering, you know, hey, I'm, I'm noticing my testosterone levels feel low. Well, how do, you, how do you know that they're low? Are you testing them at different times? Are you testing them multiple times per day? Are you doing a cheek swab? Are you doing blood work? Are you fasted, not fasted? Because even just going in and doing the test can be stressful. So those are things to look at. And they can... There, there is a lot of lifestyle modifications that you can make in order to um, be more well-rested, be more focused, and have traits that are indicative of um, higher testosterone. You know, you'll hear some guys talk about, um, you know, I'm just not focused. I'm not, I don't feel like I have the same drive that I was having. Um, And it's, you know, hey, let's start out by looking at, you know, what's changed in your life. You know, let's, let's start with the big rocks and let's, let's get the, you know, low hanging fruit, so to speak. So those are all things to consider. Now that was basically our, our lunch convo. But, um, anyway, when I was, when I was shopping, walking around the grocery store and I was just thinking about our, our lunch convo, uh, you know, talking about testosterone and hormones and all that stuff and talking about lifestyle modification and you just watch (laughs) you just watch the the general population man and it's no wonder that we are a a more sick society than we've ever been Um, and what I mean by that is we have more issues from heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all of those things that by and large are going to be modifiable to a, to a point, adjustable to a point, if we were to actually give a shit about our bodies and take care of ourselves. I still remember setting in uh, my freshman exercise science course at Ball State and professor opens up and she says, of heart disease and cancer is preventable. And then she stopped talking. You know, she really let that sink in for a minute or two before she continued. But I remember the reaction from the whole class was, oh my God, how can you say that? You know, that surely can't be. However, I still remember her saying that. And the longer I'm in this field, the more I realize, holy shit, I think she is spot on. Now, 
I'm sure you can debate, you know, is it 90, is it 92, what, whatever on the percentage side. But her point was a very high percentage outside of, you know, genetic issues that we can't do anything about. How many of those things are modifiable? So as I'm walking around the grocery store, as I'm walking around the grocery store, I just have a habit of, you know, looking in people's carts and seeing what they're getting. And (laughs) here's the thing. I see people who are parked as close as they can park to the store. That's problem number one. I mean, for God's sakes, just get out and move around. Park, park in the back, the furthest away you can get. Make it the most inconvenient spot to get to. That's a way, quick way to get your step count up for the day. I'm not going to say with every step you decrease your risk of... <laughs> it's not a direct to linear relationship, but, you know, most people are not getting enough steps in in a day. So it's not going to be the worst thing in the world for them to get out and move a little bit more. I think everybody can benefit from more, a little more movement in their life. So um, that's the first thing I noticed is once I got out of the car, I'm walking in, I'm noticing that everybody, and it's a beautiful day here in Washington, I'm noticing that everybody is parked as close as they can get with the exception of, you know, a few of us that have parked way, way far away from the grocery. And that makes us walk that much further. So all that little stuff adds up over time. So it's about getting small win with small win with small win. It's just that compound effect stacked. So anyway, once I get inside, get my cart, start pushing it around the grocery store. And what am I seeing? I'm looking in people's carts and seeing people are buying tons of desserts and pastries and they have very small amounts if any amounts of protein relative to the the number of processed carbs and all that other shit in their cart you know people don't have um, very many fruits and vegetables in their cart and you know it's just a lot of processed shit and there is very little good whole whole foods that's minimally processed that people have in their cart. And it's not like this store doesn't have those options because they certainly do. So, um, you know, some of that stuff can be, some of that stuff can be ignorance, you know, where there's people who simply have no clue. They, they genuinely don't know any better. So that's where it falls on, excuse me, people like myself in this industry to educate people and you know we have a sense of duty sense of service to educate people and teach them more about their health so they can actually take care of themselves make positive changes and see good positive increases in their health performance and longevity and quality of life so um the other aspect that it would most likely fall back to be my guess is that it's a convenience factor People don't want to take the time to put in the, the amount of extra work it takes to make, uh, cook your own food, to prepare your meals, and all that stuff. And I get it. It does take time. It does take effort. But then the question is, would you rather pay for your health now or pay for your health later? So, And there are tons of videos out there showing you how to uh, prepare prepare your meals 
in a healthy way and on a uh, slightly larger scale so you can do it for the week. So a couple resources here. Go to YouTube, type in John Berardi, and type in meal preparation along with that. If you don't like the way John Berardi presents it, look up Mike Isertel, those guys from Renaissance Periodization. Look up Dr. Andy Galpin, Dr. Mike Isertel, Dr. John Berardi, those guys. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Lane Norton gets into it as well. But just exploring and going down those rabbit holes a little bit because it's a little more effort, it's a little more time, but if you take that time and effort, you're, you'll feel better overall. So that would be the first place I would start from a nutrition standpoint. And then while you're there at YouTube, type in Wim Hof breathing. You know, look at different breathing methods, different breathing styles on how to manage stress. Then from there, one of my favorite websites is theproteinchef.co. So that's theproteinchef.co. And that guy has awesome recipes that are very simple and very macro-friendly to people who are exercising. I mean, even if you're not regularly exercising, the meals are easy to prepare, relatively low calorie and high protein and all that stuff. And he's got, his website is awesome. So one of my favorite um, meals he has that I've used, I've used a lot of his meals in my own prep, is he's got some protein cheesecakes that are real easy to make um, and then actually taste good too. And they're affordable. He'll do a cost breakdown. Uh, another one, he's got a, a tater tot loaded casserole. So it's basically a... Uh, it's a crock pot. Take a crock pot and just layer, you know, chicken. Uh, it's like chicken thighs, tater tots, and then some hot sauce, a little bit of cheese, and then you relayer it again. Set it on low overnight, and then you're ready to go for the morning, and you got like four or five servings or whatever. So all that stuff. The resources are out there. The things are out there. Thankfully, we live in a, a period with technology where there's not really an excuse anymore of like, you know, I don't know, or I don't know where to look or whatever. If you really care about your health and you want to see, um, set yourself up to have a better quality of life, um, most likely going to have more longevity, start going down those rabbit holes a little bit. Check out some of those guys I talked about. Um, and there, those are just scratching the surface. Um, there are tons of people that I don't even know about that are doing great things in, uh, this field. So anyway, I feel like I've talked long enough. So if you have any questions or need help with anything, please shoot me an email, jtbarrettfitness at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions you have. All right. Have a good rest of your day.